Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the marketing madman with Trip Job and Darren Rand on Extra 106.3 FM. All right, happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job with Darren Rand. And uh, good to be back after missing last week. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry I had to miss that one. But, uh, you know, you guys kick names. You know, it's probably better with me out of here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you missed one. And then I had my little uh, COVID experience. So, you know, uh, sniffling off. And, uh, so it's good to be back. It's good to be uh, talking marketing. And you know what? Uh, we're going to do something a little different today, and I think uh, some people may go, boy, is this really marketing? And I think that's um, that's a – maybe let's start with that. Uh, I think a it's lot a of people, great way to start. I think a lot of people think of marketing as advertising and lead generation, right? And guess what? I grew up, and I was, I was fortunate. I've taken classes with Phil Kotler and others. The four P's of marketing, product, price, place, and promotion – and people only think about um, promotion and some product. Sometimes uh, people take product marketing and move it off to the side. But price is one of the keys of marketing. It is. Well, and, and again, you, you know, my everything to me fits into marketing. Price, we've talked about production. We talked yep. about that a couple weeks ago with, you know, when you're building a, a, a promotion, if if the plant cannot produce what you need, why are you doing it? You know, and you're having to go back and forth six months. So price, how in the world people don't look at price more seriously? And and part of it is it's difficult. It's difficult. And I think that's um, we're going to we did a little uh, LinkedIn survey. We'll get to that in a minute um, and to see where people think about price. But, uh, the thing that hit me and a lot of clients are asking us about it and we're, you know, the questions people are thinking about what's the issues in 2022, there was a, um, U.S. small business study that showed that 74% of owners were concerned with Im- the impact of inflation on their business. And this actually now has outpaced COVID. And I'm not surprised. I'm actually glad this is the number one thing they're thinking about. So I thought that that would kind of be a start that, yeah, business owners are now thinking about price because pricing actions can impact your business more than anything else. We, so it's funny, you know, we, you and I have talked about, you know, it's a race to the bottom. That's one of the first things. And so, folks, we talk about, I'm sure you've probably heard of this, but, you know, people will start to lower price, lower price, lower price, just to, and not, not for a lot of logic. And then it's a race to the bottom. You know, commodities, all, I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. On the other hand, increases in price can actually be some of the best things you can do. Because if you're operating at a profit margin that you should be, why would you change that? And so if your cost of goods and services and staff is going up, it has to move to your buyer. It, you, you can't run a business. You know, it, it's, it's not a charity. Everyone's in business to stay in business. And the reality so. of, of these conversations, it's kind of funny. I had a conversation with a, a friend of mine uh, the other day. And very large company and in-service business. And uh, he was literally talking about all the price changes he had done across the board with different clients. And none of them, none of them, zero, 
uh, walked. None yeah. of them. And and because if you think about it, if you if you are a transactional company, then you're going to have transactional clients or partners. If you are a company that really is a partnership company, and you can be a partnership company in anything from, you know, telco, you know, cellular to alarm systems to healthcare. I mean, a true partner, you know, and you can do that. It, it's just uh, it's not well, easy for everyone to understand. And what Darren's getting to, and I think in the next section we'll dive deep into this, is understanding your customers and what type of buyers they are. All right. And we'll talk about there's, you know, people look at it different ways. I recently wrote an article about the four types of buyers. And so we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit because that's such a key point of understanding your customers to understanding your price strategy. Are we going to go to discount buyers? Because, you know, that one oh, yeah. really sets me yeah. off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I know. And that's a fact. That's the way. So let's, let's look at a little more uh, study. So I looked at, you know, what was the consumer price index? And this is the full blown. So this does include energy and food. Because okay. the reality is a lot of businesses we're talking to, I mean, energy costs are real. Food may or may not, but th- that's not a huge piece. And um, if you look at last year, for the full year, uh, CPI was up 6.7%. And I looked at a graph, and for the most part, every month it was up. It basically went up, I think the smallest month last year was 0.2%, and the largest was 0.9%. But, and what so percent wasn't, of that, of, of GDP, what, uh, you probably know, uh, what is that in terms of uh, energy? How much of that? Uh, energy, when I saw the, if you took energy and food off, it went from 6.7 to like 5.8. So it's about a percent. Okay. Um, and I think food being the biggest one, especially the latter part of the year, uh, driving a lot of that. Um, energy was up, but not dramatically. Uh, January is now estimated at 7.3%. So, um, you know, again, we're not we're not changing. And that's year over year. So, again, we're seeing that essentially 6 to 7% increase. Um, so... Guy, if you have not had a price increase to date, um, a we're curious about how you're you're holding your business, and a lot of times what we hear is, well, I just cut everything else out because I'm afraid to raise my price. That's the number one place to stop, time out, and let's Step look at back from the ledge. <laughs> you know, um, it's not going away. All right, no. inflation for the next year. I mean, and that's think about uh, the time in business. It's not just going to be a roller coaster and come crashing back, right? There's too many things. I mean, if you look, um, you know, and I, it, look, I'm a Chick-fil-A fan. I got my iced tea here. I mean, I don't know how many price increases they've had, but they've gone up a couple times in the last year. Good businesses understand there's just a point where you have to uh, make adjustments because you can only cut, cost cut so far. To, uh, so you mentioned, so mentioned fuel. So back to the friend of mine I was talking about, um, you know, these guys have got, hundred trucks on the road. I mean, fuel's a big thing. And, you know, I mean, it's a it's a big difference. And so at the end of the day, you've you've got you cannot continue to do business when your margins keep shrinking and shrinking and shrinking because of whether it's fuel or people or whatever. Something we all talk about in the next segment. But you know, one of the things that I think this brings into into play is the fear of standing your ground on on um on pricing. And what you stand for in terms of how you want your company to operate. We, I mean, as a, as a business owner for 30 years, and we, you and I have talked about it, how you, you figure you're doing your job, you're doing your job, you're doing your job. But at the end of the day, 
you're doing a great job and you get afraid to stand your ground on your pricing, people will take advantage of you. They're going to take advantage. If you don't stand your ground, sorry. Yeah, and guess what? Then it's going to get into other areas. You're going to be, you're going to cut back on things. Your employees are going to notice, right? And we we've already had the discussion with David Hughes and others about you know the great resignation and employee engagement. Um, you try to cut costs in other parts of your business to make up for not raising your price. It's going to hurt your employees, it's and that is spiral. your number one asset. Yep. Yep. So standing your ground, I think, is one of those really interesting things as a business. Oh, I can't do it. I'm not sure I should do it. But um, it, it is. And again, I'm, I'm saying this from someone who's, you know, again, 30 years of doing it. Um, it is it is a it's a it's a scary thing. But what, what you hear and you read constantly is that the reality of standing your ground is probably one of the best things you could ever do. No, absolutely. So how do you think about it? You know, how do you think about um, going about doing a price increase? So the most common ways that I hear from small businesses, well, you know, I got this amount of price increase, therefore I'm just going to raise my price X amount to uh, cover it, right? Um, Okay, (laughs) but, you know, here's the case of not understanding all of your cost and not understanding the market, because in some cases, maybe you're uh, under-serving the market with what you can uh, you know, get away with price increases. Or there's more coming. And you know, think about uh, not only today, but what uh, 60 days from now looks like. Absolutely. You know, um, my dad being a veterinarian, he would, he would talk about this. I mean, and trust me, folks, the old thing about doctors and veterinarians and so not being good business people, my dad resembled that. Big time. Sorry, Dad. Even if you're listening or not, I have no idea. But he would just he just move the numbers based on the gut of you know he's getting his pharmaceuticals in or whatever, and it's going up. And he's just changing prices. Just oh, I'm going to go, and he's literally going to the computer and start changing prices. It's like, <laughs> did you have any rhyme or reason for that? No. I, and and so there's two things to, for, to that. And I think where you're going is a you could be leaving money on the table. Absolutely. And then b People don't want to get yo-yoed all the time. And then the, the next thing is, and I know where you're going in the next segment, but where, you know, how much is your consumer or your client, if it's B2B, paying attention to pricing? You know, that's the other thing. If they're not paying attention, you know, it's some commodity. Depends on, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I, I got to buy bananas. I'm, I've got to buy bananas. And if not, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, so, no, absolutely. And that's... Um you know, so you start off start off understanding all your cost cost increases, right? If um, if you ever seen some of the the shows, what was it Restaurant Impossible and yep. all that? Yep. I love it. He goes in and he asks, "Do you understand your your cost?" Right. You, number one, you got to understand all your costs, not just your your hard cost. Um, where are those going? So that's that's step one. Can I ask? And I want to add one more before you. I know yeah. you were going, but folks, this is one of those the trip knows is a huge one on my my head all the time we should always think about what is the opportunity cost sorry no absolutely i know i'm jumping the gun yeah, on that no one, no that no it's fantastic and that gets into the second thing is what's the market doing yep okay so understand what's the the feel in the market all right do you do you have a market where people are starting to move price are you a market leader are you a market follower but you know understand your cost and then understand uh what's going on in the market and that's you know 
you start with those two things, and then, uh, as, as Darren said, okay, you can start with your gut from there if you have a little bit of, uh, you know, things and moving things around. That's still better than people who just start with their gut um, from right off the top. So uh, with that, we're going to come back from the break. We're going to dive more into this and give you some ideas about how to think about implementing price increases and looking at your buyers. And uh, hopefully that will give you some ideas to uh improve your margins and and keep your business growing. So you're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Darren Rand of Rand Inc. here uh, about pricing and the importance of pricing in your business and as part of, uh, you know, the four P's um, or five P's if we have production that Darren likes, production and planning of marketing. So um, we talked a little bit about some things you can start off with um, when you're thinking about a price increase. I think uh, we've hit enough of why in this inflationary environment, 7% inflation, you need to to be managing this. Let's go into uh, the area that uh, I know Darren's itching to get is the type of buyers. And, and there's different terminology. I'm going to hit, I'm going to just mention all four, and then we'll dive deep into each of the four. And, and we'll talk about why it's important to understand your customers. But number one is the price buyer, or Darren likes to call them discount buyer. Um, so that's one we'll come back to. Number two, I call the research buyer. I've heard complicated buyer. I've heard you know, technical buyer. But uh, these are the people who really dive deep. It's not all about price. It's about whatever there is important. But they're research, and they tend to take a lot longer to, to bring into the fold. Then you have your relationship buyer. And Darren, I think, mentioned that a little bit before maybe long time or it's really about the uh, the relationship with you and that customer. And then you have the, I've heard it called a fluent buyer or the high quality buyer that uh, obviously they know they need something, but they always want to be, you know, at the top end quality and they're willing to pay more. They want to be seen and they want the first opportunity to get something. So those are really the four categories, lump categories I've used and heard over the years. Um, and I think it's important to understand what your mix is. You know, if you've got a mix of 50% price buyers, very transactional business, as Darren said, uh, you're screwed uh, right now. And he's putting it politely. <laughs> but Those I mean, aren't the words I use, folks. <laughs> but no, it, it's trying to look at, and you don't have to be exact, but you have to treat um, each of them a little bit different. And if it, you have price buyers in this environment, Guess what? You can't worry about them. I'm going to go to data on this because I love what you just said. It, it, it's just so when 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 Trip just said, you know, you may have 50 percent price buyers, whatever the whatever the makeup is of your buying group. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go out of this and go into something else that's a little different, but the same. Having the data and understanding who your buyers is number one. You everyone's gonna everyone's trying to sell you a buyer persona nowadays. Oh, my gosh. Demographics and psychographics, that's what it is. It's good old-fashioned demographics and psychographics. And we are into the psychographics yeah. right now, okay? So the, the, the great news um, or good news, if you are doing this, is, okay, that's great. The next question, though, is do you really use it? Yeah. What good is spending the money and the time to develop buyer personas Break your database up into those personas if you don't use it. There is nothing, and Trip can see me, I'm pulling my hat over. 
There's nothing wor- Don't do anything. If you if you if you don't unless you're going to do what we're talking about today, don't do anything because it's it's just a waste of time. But if you do and you you look at your buyer audience and you break them down and let let me go to a simple example. So we I like to talk about in in food service, you know, you have your you know, your your sample new buyers, you know, your medium, your you know, your high level. And so if you've got a, a customer base and you break that, I've got, you know, someone's coming once a week versus, you know, once a month versus once a quarter. Let's keep it really simple. And if you look at that and you've got, you know, that's just let's call it a third, a third, and a third. And you start to give away stuff that you don't need to give away to the wrong audience, you are doing nothing but hurting your margins. Yep. That is pricing stupidity. Gosh, bless. So what, you know, it's like, oh, I need to give away this. No, you don't need to give away something. What you need to do is make them love you even more, you know. And, and so it, uh, people will come to us and they'll go, hey, can we, can we get a lot of clients? And I, I can tell you how to get a lot of clients. Give it away for free. If yeah. you can't, if you can't, if you can't, <laughs> if they don't want it for, in for free, free, then you, guess what? You got yeah. no market. <laughs> so, you know, when someone comes to us and says, hey, can we get a bunch of, oh, God. So this, sorry. Uh, but he knows this is, so my point is having this matrix is great. Using the matrix is imperative. Right. And then, so, so how do you do it? So do you go about and say, all right, well, I can do different price increases for each of these categories? I would tell you no. Um, and the reason is, you know, and Darren's got more information on discount and price buyers. They're going to do what they're going to do based on whatever their threshold of price is. Absolutely. And, Fact. And you want, uh, honestly, you probably want hopefully less than 15% of your, your business is price buyers. And, right? and here's the thing, folks, we're not talking about the affluence or, you know, we're not talking about the demographic. I mean, you can have a medium income person who is a high quality buyer and you can have a very affluent person who's a price buyer. Yeah. I mean... All the time, all you know, the time. And so it has it, it. It is again. That's why we're getting into the psychographics, not the demographics. Right. And then you get your research buyer that you know most of the time, and, and we'll get into some of the tactics here. Most of the time, the research buyer is probably one of your best customers, um, especially the more technical and the more specialized you are, because they really want to understand why your product or service is better than someone else. So when we get into pricing. They understand that prices are going up. They just want to understand the rationale behind it. Again, that's their research men, uh, methodology. So it's not about what's the increase. It's more about how do you communicate it and what's the, the background behind it. Let's add one more piece to the equation, especially today. Availability, product yeah. availability. So you may, you know, um, uh, we've got several friends. I mean, I've got a very close friend who runs a, the large Lexus dealership in South Atlanta. And these guys, I mean, you all know, hopefully the five or six of you who are listening, um, that there are no, there no, there's, there's no inventory out there. And, and so people who are buying cars right now, regardless of where they are in, the, uh, in, in this continuum, yeah. have one choice. I either want it or I don't nope. want it. And Price is no longer an option. It's just not even, it's not even part of the conversation. Anymore. Yeah. And, you know, so let's look at um, 
We had Mario uh, Cambardella on recently, so we didn't talk pricing with Mario, but you know he provides uh, quality uh, farm-grown plants and delivers them to you. So guess what? As his costs go up, he has to look at you know how he manages his pricing. So um, he's got some price buyers in there. He's got some that are the research buyers. He's got some relationship, and I'm sure he's got some high-quality affluent buyers. The way that I like approaching it is, again, understanding your cost, understanding the market, right? And so, you you know, with those type of things, you may see that, let's say your costs are up 6%, right? And you've got a market that really can't handle multiple price increases. You've got to do it once every four to five months, all right? Uh, but the market can take, you know, the fact of, all right, it's a bigger increase. So maybe you go in and, and have an 8 to 9% increase because you're not going to come back and do it again until the fall. Exactly. All right. Now, other markets, um, you can have smaller incremental. It really depends on your business. The more B2B you are, the harder it is, unless it's energy-driven or fuel-driven, which we, we talked about before, to have these small micro-increases. It's better because they're also passing their their increases onto their customers. You're better off trying to be quarterly or every six months if you can. Yeah, you know, um, here's the other thing, and, and you know, I complained about this always. I complain, I complain always. Anyway, I just complain. Right. <laughs> you know, so think about with all the craziness that's happened with the pandemic and so forth, and so pricing goes up, etc. So here's the other thing, that, folks, is that. What I I I, I'm a, I have a love hate relationship with so many things in, in in business. If you've been getting your rear end kicked, and I don't know, maybe it's airline or something like mm-hmm. that, because you just you're just getting hammered. If you can raise your prices and you can keep them in a new steady state long enough to start making up for some of that loss, you're gonna do it. Yeah, you would do it as a, so. Big companies do it, folks. So as mid market companies, you need to do the same thing. I mean, at the end of the day, big companies are going late. We just lost our ass over the last three quarters because of pandemic and whatever. And 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 then, you know, so there's a availability. Right. I've only got 200 seats on this plane and I was charging two hundred fifty dollars a seat. Now I'm charging three fifty a seat. Guess what? They're going to stay there until the consumer says, ouch. And when the consumer says, ouch, then they'll bring Fantastic it back. Fantastic point. I want to come back in a minute to that because we've got a client who's uh, working through that right now. Um, so this my long-winded way of getting through this discussion. So you're not long-winded. Yeah. I'm long-winded. You're short-winded. So we, we've said, okay, you got 6% <laughs> increases. You're going to try to do a 9% every three to six months to cover that. Here's the key with these buyers. It's not that it's 9%. Okay, you're going to lose some. Fine. But are you better off with your margins getting the 9%? It's how you communicate it. So the price buyers, all right, going back to the car example, all right, what else are they going to find? They're going to go try to find the cheapest, but guess what? They may come back and then and it may hurt them. Um, the research buyer, they're going to understand it. The key is having a little background. Don't overdo it when you communicate your price increases. It's, you know, we continue to provide you the level of service you're expecting. As many of us have encountered, our costs are increasing. Uh, we're attempting you know, to cover those costs at this point and hopefully won't have to, you know, make another adjustment for some period of time. But have the background. The research buyer may 
come to you and say, well, hey, can you really tell me what's gone up? And you don't don't get specific because you do not. And I I was in a uh, a field at Nina Paper where we had um, you know we had polymers and monomers, we had latex prices, we had pulp, and look, the big companies, the 3Ms and the single bonds of the world, tried to set us into price formulas. Guess what? If you get into a price formula, you don't win. You at best you'll hold your own. But as long as you're able to explain and have the background of the type of things you're incurring, that's really all the research buyer needs. And your relationship buyers and your high-quality buyers, they just want to know it's coming. You know, they want to know that they're important and, you know, the reason that it's happening and communication. And that's, to me, that's the biggest thing. And maybe you lose 3 to 5% of your price buyers, but if you do it well, you're going to get you know, that impact of the price increase and not um, not have to hem and haw. And, and honestly, don't try to handle each each client separately and differently. So here's, <clears throat> you know, back to this is roadmaps, game plans, all those sorts of things. So bringing it to a different ad- additive point, what are the metrics you're using to understand whether your pricing is correct or not? What are you using? You know, is it, and again, and then the, the, that that question becomes first: What industry am I in? I mean, if I am in, you know, technical, and I'm I'm doing, uh, I've got a, a software as a service, you know, some kind of subscription. You know, there is absolutely a general thought of of what the um, loss of 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 subscriptions is on a year over year basis. Yeah. Um, attrition. Boy, why couldn't I think of that word today? No coffee. Any coffee? Okay. So, what's your attrition rate? Are you going to use attrition rate as one of your factors for, for price? Uh, you know that it's probably not right because, you know, what I instead of using attrition rate for a subscription, um, really the question is, did that did the customers adopt and use? If they adopted and used, you probably wouldn't have attrition because they're. The margins in software are so big, they're going to right. find a way to keep you. All right. And, and new subscriber um, growth. To me, if you're, if you're going through a period in the last six months and you've had increases, let's just say every 90 days, and your new subscriber growth stays on the same curve, then that tells you that the price point hasn't impacted bringing new customers in. I mean, you know, the cellular business is, is just, that one is crazy. I mean, how... Those people have got model after model after model. I've got a buddy of mine I've told you about that does a lot of those models. Yeah. But those guys are moving the they're moving the needle all over the place. I think they do it on I don't think. They do it on purpose just to confuse us. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've got stuff like that, subscription pricing, right? Then you've got um, other types of pricing where again, but the point is what are the metrics you're using to make sure that the decision you're making to early, to trip's earlier point earlier point is not a gut decision. You gotta have you gotta have something by which you go. Well, it's right or it's wrong. Do I know what my variable costs are? My variable margin. Okay, that's the hard piece. All right, if you got a product or service, and then what's your, you know, what's your gross margin, right? And then uh, ultimately, because of labor cost and other things, you're going to want your you know your total operating margin, um, because. Yes, you can do some things maybe between the lines, you know, cut back on certain expenses, but um, you've got to be able to make sure you're covering minimally your variable 
and your gross margin levels not being you know not declining. So let's pick another. Uh, let's say we talked about subscription and technology. Uh, you know, let's go to I don't know. Pick another another. Let's say a well, service business. You yeah. serve, well, and you you hit one before about okay. Some prices are going up and going down. We've got a good friend Terry, and he was a little late getting into the game with the price increases. All right, he's raised his price. Uh, you know, in his area that, um, and he finally called me last week and he said, hey. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit of, you know, reduction in some of my product. Should I go ahead and reduce my price? And I said, Terry, what, what's your margin been the last few months? And he says, well, I was behind. You know, I'm still trying to catch up. I'm finally uh, settling out. No, I said, Terry. said, Terry, hold off. We're not, you're not going to get greedy, but hold off for another round of increases or decreases before you start to pass it along. And I said, watch your business and all that. I said, but I said, and there's some other things you can do. Subscriptions became another idea. Here's a way you can start offering something new without having to to lower your price right away. Because too often businesses get caught at um, the short end of of the curve, too late to raise and too quick to lower your price. So here's what I'm going to ask you. So, one of my old mentors, Patrick Flynn. Hello, Patrick. Um, on St. Patty's Day, um, used to say, if somebody says you don't get a deal because of price, they're using it as an excuse to tell you no, because it's really never about price. Right. And so the, the, the point, though, is this really, again, back to the, the, the metrics. Um, you know, I mean, you can't, well, I shouldn't say you can't be 50% or 100%. You can be. Hell, in our world, the world you and I play in, look, there are people that will charge a half million dollars for a concept. Yeah. I mean, okay. And and people value it and that's they that's the value they put on it. It's it's great. Um and and so the again, how you first going back to what you said a minute ago, you know, again, the different types of buyers, but again, using that information as a data point by which to make decisions. So if you were if 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 in your sales funnel going B to B, and and let's say it's not a super complex sale, it's not a million dollar deal. These are let's call them fifty, hundred thousand dollar deals, something like that. And you are closing deals at, at a twenty percent rate. Now again, that's bottom of the funnel after. So folks, we know you don't close at twenty percent from the top of the funnel. But so you're from your from your um, opportunity to close is twenty percent. And all of a sudden you're you drop into the to the low teens. Okay, well, that's an indicator. Now, it may not be price, but, you know, so what, again, what are the factors that you're using to decide whether what you're doing in pricing is right or wrong? Look at those, understand them, make a decision on it. You know, yeah. is, is it is it leads? You know, if you're not publishing your prices and you're, you're not out there with, with pricing all the time, then 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 that's not it you know that's that's deals but if if you've got pricing you know auto and subscriptions and all these sorts of things uh landscape i mean it's all i mean people can go out there and look for those prices absolutely now you go to brand yeah well and that's so brand's the key piece and that's um you know we talked about it before what we see some small businesses and even mid-sized businesses do is they go, yo, I just, I'm not sure I can raise my price anymore, or 
you know, let's just cover 3% of it and we'll cut, we'll cut our cost. All right. Well, if you're a brand, right, and you're out there and, and to Darren's earlier point, you need to bring new customers in all the time. Okay, let's say you are a landscape business, all right? You've every year, you know, there's some turnover, right? So you're always counting on bringing in 15 to 20% new clients every year. All right? If you say I'm going to get 3% of that 6% increase through a price increase and then I'm going to cut my cost 3% to match it up. A, you're going to be behind to begin with. B, the place a lot of people go is, all right, let's cut back on marketing or ways to uh, get new business. Well, as a brand who's trying to attract new customers, if you start cutting back on that, how do you expect to get those new customers? So, you know, that's a classic case of people trying to cost cut their way um, to business that just doesn't work. Yeah, cost cutting your way into a, into a market, big mistake. I mean, you look, well, let's put it, well, Amazon did it, and they lost money for years and years and years and years and years. You better have some really, really deep pockets and eventually be able to turn around. But what you're talking about is, so let's talk about brand factors versus economic factors in pricing, right? Green Egg, client here, you know, yeah. six, eight, they're, not, they're not discounting. And if they find out you are discounting, you don't get to sell them. It's yeah. that simple, right? Hermes, they're Titleist. not discounting. Titleist here. Not these are brands that do not discount. Period. End of story. And they stand their ground. Now, again, so so but again, they can stand their ground because they've built a brand and that brand stands for something. And and again, that's why I went to that whole discount thing. I just Okay. And then you got the and that's the problem is and with a lot of business owners out there. Their price buyers are the ones who become scream the loudest, right. and you worry about them. Oh. And that's, you know, if, if, if anything else you take away from this, think about what percentage of your business is price buyers. And if it's 10, 15 percent, um, don't let that wag the dog, right? Um, because Don't go through it ass backwards. Yeah. That, I get to say that twice today. Yeah. I was told I could use that word. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like a kid now. in a candy store but, today. Uh, but unfortunately, that's what happens. And most of the time, it's you know, you'll get you'll get two or three who scream, you get one or two who leave. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of energy put into price increases um, that is mis weight, you know, misused energy and ang- anxiety and things like that. Trust me, I've 25 years. Uh, I've I've been through a lot of price increases and a few price decreases and. More often than not, it's much ado about nothing. As long as you do the, the prep, you look at it um, wisely, you look at the market, and you have a communication plan. And if you don't, hey, that's where you can reach out to someone like ourselves, like Rand Inc. Go to our website at randinc.cc. Um, give us a call. We'll help you. But it, it is such a critical part to keeping your business healthy, especially in today's environment. Absolutely. So yeah. the, the business healthy, let's use economic factors. Brand factors are going to be economic factors. So, um, yeah. No, I mean, the, the economic factors out there are um, you've got cost. We know the, the economy is not going to slow down. And, you know, looking ahead, that's always the, the thing that we want people to look ahead. A lot of times people bury their head in the sand and hope that uh, things will, um, will go away. 
And, I'm and that's really not going to gonna happen. You can say that. How about need versus want factors? Exactly. So there, there's so many other factors, folks, that just... You, you've got to take them all into account. And we'll, we'll jump into a few of those when we come back from the break. And uh, you are listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Uh, we've had a spirited conversation, Darren Rand and I, on pricing and the inflationary environment. And uh, let's kick off the last segment here with uh, a poll we did on LinkedIn that we ask um, businesses who in their organization really owns and is accountable for uh, price increase actions. Not communicating, but really determining. And, and, and I had someone who uh, made a comment said, hey, it really should be collaborative. And I 100 percent agree. Um, that there has to be dialogue between all all functions of an organization, but you really need someone who owns it. And so let me give the data first and see what Darren thinks. So we put four choices, the C-suite, which got 30% of the vote. We put finance, which got 60% of the vote. Go figure. We got marketing that only had 10% of the vote. Ugh. And we had sales that had no no votes. So uh, I'll get Darren's impression first, then I'll give you mine, just of uh, that kind of breakdown from, uh, from business owners and leaders out there. Well, to, to my friends, to the friends to whom I love and love to give crud to in terms of the finance folks, and again, I'm a closet finance person, you all are always <laughs> trying to mess with the pricing. Look, and I get it. They, it, they have the tough job. You got to keep the doors open and money flowing. Got it. But the fact that only 10% is marketing, again, what did we say in the last segment? What metrics are you using to understand if the pricing is correct? Is it a brand issue? Is it an, is it an, All those things are things, are, are factors that marketing should be looking at for you and bringing to the table. I mean, they're the ones that have their, their finger on the pulse of the consumer. Right, and they should, especially if you have a portfolio of products, they should understand where are the opportunities and, and how you look at pricing, not only today, but over a longer period of time. And finance, absolutely involved. Um, but look, for my 20-plus years at Kimberly-Clark International Paper, Old Castle, marketing led. I mean, we were responsible for the margins. We led the discussion on price. We use finance a lot to validate some of our models and, and cost increases, but marketing set the pricing. Here's the thing I think there's the problem though. You and I are older are old school. So you owned you are even though you said marketing, you owned that brand. Yeah. That's classic old school Procter and Gamble brand ownership. Four Ps. You know, where <laughs> you owned the responsibility of everything about that brand. And that's what true brand ownership is about. It's not just it's not just the brand, but it's also the fact that you had to make sure that whether it's fifty million or two hundred million, whatever the size of that product set you were working on, was profitable, right? And and that is a that is a marketing function that you therefore work with, you know, your finance team and your ops team and all. But again, and folks, this is you've heard me. Marketing is a strategic function it is a strategic please it's a str yeah. it is and yes i am a zealot about yeah. it but i and, and again i think marketing is the one part uh, if you if you look at it from a forget c-suite but the 
the function of what it is, marketing, finance, uh, and yeah, there's strategy to all of them, of course. But go ask a finance person if they understand marketing. Most of them have no clue. You know, production, no clue. Marketing, a good marketing lead, leader, better understand production, better understand finance, better understand all those things. Because if they don't, then they're they're walking around blind. Yeah, and here's I'm going to quickly give my four takes of how these functions look at things, and these are some of the watchouts. And again, this should be a, a should be a collaboration to some degree, but C-suite many many times are all about just having action happen. All right. Sometimes they're very very short term focused if they've if they're public, especially got, public. Yep. Right. Um, but they're the C-suite just wants something done. All right. That's Make a their number, big hit thing. a number. Finance tends to be so complicated, you know, a lot of times that they will will get too deep into it. Um, They also want to move rapidly, which isn't a bad thing, but a lot of times they just want to get so many different ways, and sometimes it gets a little too complicated. Sales will a lot of times worry about the objections, all right? They're the ones who are communicating it. You have to understand that. We have to help but sometimes they're 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 thinking about the ones who are the, the loudest. Marketing is the one group to Darren's earlier point that's thinking longer term, thinking about the impacts in the market, and it's critical when you start to have a, a period like we are now, where you're going to have multiple increases over a period of time. You have to think how you're going to plan that, and stay away from watchouts where you create negative price bands within your own product portfolio. Uh, it, it, absolutely. It, it is. This is one of those things that when we talk to folks, that's why we start with what's your business model. That's really what we're getting to. Right. Is and, what, and, is, what, what is the business model? What does success look like from a financial perspective, a balance sheet perspective, a P&L perspective? And if you have, Trip knows, I don't, if you're talking to marketing folks, or aren't asking these questions, they're not. And what, what, are you, what are you trying to accomplish? Right I'll give a quick example. Back in my old castle days, we had one region in the country that, over a couple of years, had multiple price increases as mm-hmm. normal. You know, it was three to four percent every year. But the way they did it was they had the low end commodity products, they had the then utilitarian products that were five to ten percent more expensive, probably about ten. They had some premium, you know, high, you know, products, and they had the luxury products. In order to get those three to four percent, what they started doing is they didn't raise commodity at all. Those utilitarian prices, they'd start raising those one or two percent, and then they started raising the premium and the luxury six, seven percent. Well, guess what? We happened. Now they wanted they wanted a nice bell curve of their business. I mean, you're still going to have sixty percent of your business being the value and the commodity. Well, all of a sudden it became 80% because guess what? The gap between those value and then the lower end premium went from being 15% to 30 to 40% because of how they managed this price increase over a couple of years. And that's where you have to be careful. They walked themselves out of their most profitable business because wow. they created they created this price gap the market wouldn't accept. It wasn't they wouldn't pay whatever the price was for the premium, but they go, this is 40% more than your next product right. down. 
I don't think it's 40% better. I mean, there's there is a classic race to the bottom. Classic and so, race, to and the so bottom. that's why you you need to think about long term. You need to think about you do need to do something. I mean, hopefully, that's the one thing people walked away with today. Um, but you need to look at it from all sides, and you need to have a plan. You need to have your cost. You need to have your plan, and you need to understand to Darren's point how it impacts your business. It's going to yeah. You know, we could go to how about pricing? Do you see the price of Super Bowl tickets? Holy smokes! Yeah, I, I didn't to, because so, so, uh, you got supply and demand, and, and brand, and again market, and all the I mean, Super Bowl tickets. The cheapest is like five grand now. I mean, yeah. you're well, out in L.A. It's in L.A. because understand you've got a market with you've got twenty market million people already, and a lot of money, and yeah. it's going to be a big old show. And you got, I mean, holy smokes, they could charge. You know, those guys can charge whatever they want. Yeah. Whatever they want. There, so. there was something, there were, there were, there, there were some crazy numbers for the uh, executive suites. I mean, we're talking like a million dollars a seat in these executive oh. seats. Next week. Next week's topic. Yeah, next week's <laughs> We're going to talk about luxury and crazy pricing and things like that. But hopefully you took something away today. Please do act on the pricing uh, if you haven't done that. If you have questions, feel free to call us at Rand Inc. And uh, have a fantastic week. You've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3.